Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. I'm Nolly Waterman and I'm Laura Jane Jones and welcome to the Try Hard podcast. Coming up on today's pod we reveal the nominees for Try Hard of the Week, chat some more rugger and look ahead to a possible Wales Grand Slam. Ah yippee. After a slight technical hiccup last week we return to your ears. So I gave um, all of the technological um, work to LJ because that's how noble she, of you. <laughs> because she always goes on about how good she is, but yet you butchered it last week, and our listeners were left upset. Without... Absence makes the heart grow fonder, um, and I'd like to think that a slight break from us, that breathing space, is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, at first they might have thought, you know, am I that bothered? I'm sure by the end of the week they were like, wow, I miss those girls. To be fair, I did have a couple of messages off a couple of people, um, yeah, asking where it was. I think they were just concerned that we'd started something and it had gone wrong within the week. week <laughs> that we'd had a three. fallout. But anyway, we've decided to do something new um, for this. New ish. Yeah, new ish. We have brought our try hard nominations to the start of the pod. We have because we want people to get more involved in this. Um, we've had a few nominations this week, but Nolly, you're going to kick us off with your personal nomination. Yeah, my personal nomination is uh, for my brother, Samuel Peter Waterman. Um, I think even more of a rugby noise than you are, nice. LJ. Um, and he couldn't try harder to beat me on Guinness match point than he currently is however it was very freaky so on friday i'd sent off my um predictions for the games and he then texts me about 20 minutes later with his and he basically did two out of the three exactly the same as me and the so that was wales by nine and um ireland by 12 which uh we got completely right all right and then we both i said england by 23 and he said england by 25 um so yeah i i I think he couldn't be couldn't try any harder to be like me (laughs) i i to be fair i just i really feel for sam at this point that he's lived in the shadow of his international rugby playing sister and now when it comes to being rugby noise you're starting to overtake him as well oh no he hasn't (laughs) he loves it he's still playing um i think he's actually more 
made of glass than I am though. Although really? I was going to say, at least by the time he gets to 45, he's going to be in one piece. Where, no, no. I mean, you've got what, two, three years to that point and... Oh, all right. <laughs> Just because it's your birthday in a couple of weeks and it's less numbers than mine. Considerably less numbers. Anyway, um, who's our tweet? I'm super excited. So our tweet actually came from one of your Wasps teammates, Kate Hallett. (laughs) She tweeted us to say that the definite tryhard of the week has to be Mrs. Email and Spreadsheet, Claire Purdy herself, (laughs) or AKA Del Boy as she currently is, raffle tickets, mugs, brunch. There isn't anyone on Twitter that hasn't been messaged by her, and I can actually testify to that, because... Um, she's organising the big swarm, isn't she? The Wasps um, big celebration game. Yeah, last uh, game of the um, regular season. Regular season. Well, we'll see whether we make it to playoffs. It's actually a really tight one. Our first game back of the TP15s is against Gloucester because we have the complete Six Nations off. Yeah. Um, it's the first time they've done it. It's a bit, been a bit weird, actually. Um, I think my body's appreciated it. I'm sure but, it has. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to be feeling. But yeah, the, um, the big swarm, go back to that nomination. I 1 million percent agree with Kate Hallett. Um, but oh, Claire Purdy is something else when it comes to organisation. So anybody that's organising anything, life, events, <laughs> work, get in touch. <laughs> I actually, it really neatly leads us on to my must try harder of the week. Uh, Nolly, how many of your raffle tickets have you sold? <laughs> um, I've spoken to a few people about how, it. How many have you sold? Are they still on the dressing table in your bedroom? Yes. <laughs> have you sold any of them? Why are you, you calling me out? Mention them when we were away. No, I actually have because I said I'd buy some on your behalf for you <laughs> as a thank you. I can't even remember why. Now that's not going to happen. You're going to have to give me the money. Two pound a ticket. Te- I'm, I'm not sure. If, I think I might be even drawing the raffle, so I'm not even sure if uh, that's allowed. All right, I'll put my name on your ones. Um, so we'll put the tryhards. Basically, on, nomina- if you see Nolly in the <laughs> next two weeks, ask her for a raffle ticket. Please buy a raffle ticket offer because at this point, I've got about she's five thousand herself. <laughs> yeah, they're two pound a ticket, everybody, or ten pound a book. There's actually some amazing prizes, like genuinely, like um, a ski chalet trip to France. Oh, um, yes. There's all sorts of stuff. I mean. This is where I need to try harder because I couldn't even tell you all the prizes. But there are some really cool cool things. So, yeah, you're my nomination for Must Try Harder. So I think you definitely win it. International Women's Day last week then. Well, it wasn't just a day, though. It was like a whole week of celebrations, activities. Um, Do you know what? I actually feel like an on. international woman every day of the week, of every week of the year. So, I, Right. I've just seen LJ's laptop <laughs> and... Um, You've got a few new stickers, haven't you? Yeah, I bought some feminist stickers in Paper Chase last Friday. I'm going to read them to you. Real men are feminists. Girl power. Fierce. Hashtag. Can't see that one. It's, it says oh. something about feminism. Um, I can't read the rest because Koi is in the way. But um, they do make your laptop look nice. Yeah, and, and I actually, think... Actually, in, f- in fairness, I've got you a present. Oh, stop it. What? I saw this. So I went to an event last week and I was... I. Um, was invited down to University of Essex. I, I was invited down by Emily Chalk, who is a student down there, and she's linked through her her dad um, and one of the team sponsors at Wasps Ladies. So uh-huh. I was invited down to talk to um, a group of um, students around the challenges that I faced as an international um, athlete, as a, as a female. Um, and it was brilliant. It was some really, really great discussions, had loads of cool questions. And I was on a panel with um, two of the girls that run the netball, which 
actually had a really good um, side to the discussion because we were talking about the disparity between the men's and the women's game and there was the um, the women's president there as well from uh-huh. the rugby and she was saying that they still don't get to play on the first team pitch and like they used to have old kit but it is moving forward and they you know it sounded pretty progressive which was cool um, but the netball girls were saying that actually some of the challenges they've had is because they're the only female only sport at yeah. the uni and they were talking about how They've worked really hard to engage with the guys to get more um, of them coming down. And they're now, they've got um, a training session once a week where the boys can join in. And all of a sudden they're buzzing because they, they've actually tried the sport. They love it. And they're getting really good um, numbers down there. And actually, I think as much as it's International Women's Day and, and well, International Women's Week, um, I think the biggest thing for me is it, it, it isn't about becoming an ultimate feminist and screaming from the rooftops and becoming this isolated right. group. Slightly like you are. Um, It's more about encouraging opportunity. It's the opportunity to create conversation about um, like equality, diversity, and inclusion. In terms of, are we looking at all the people that we can um, we can benefit from having within um, a team, within like a sporting context, or within um, a business as well? Um, And what I think is really interesting. No, I'm not going to. You can't tell me because I'm going to give you the present. A new notebook. Sisterhood. Wow. I love it. I'll fill that up very quickly. You know, I'm an avid note taker. I know. I saw it. Thank you so much. So that's all the way. Why are all these women wearing dresses? Oh, God. Really? All right. You also got announced last week as uh, an ambassador for Gallagher. Congratulations, my friend. Thanking you. You know what I'm going to say next. Couldn't find a polo shirt to fit fit you, could they? It was... uh... Actually, it did fit well. We had a conversation about that before the event. Um, no, I am moving away from the kit, LJ. It's not all about clothes, considering I'm looking at you and you've got jeggings with black socks on and a and a pyjama top. That's now got ketchup down it from my sausage sandwich that I had this morning. Although I can't talk because I'm wearing my dog walking clothes. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel very, very privileged to be part of the Gallagher team. They are a super bunch of people, awesome company. Um, I've had like been lucky enough to go in and and in talks with um the work that I'll be doing and looking at um with Gallagher they are so engaged with just encouraging um encouraging rugby for everybody and I would say um they're the first company I have ever worked with and would like to say within women's rugby that has fully invested in a female player as an ambassador it's um, very exciting. I'm very excited for you in terms of... Well, smile then. <laughs> the opportunity... It's my serious face. The opportunities that this will give you to, you know, spread the gospel according to Nolly. Um, she's just got up to do something. I don't know what... Oh, she's, she's having a tidy up. <laughs> no, I'm getting this book that I was sent um, by the amazing women at Gallagher. Uh, Strong is the New Pretty, a celebration of girls being themselves by Kate T. Parker. Um, it's full of loads of images and quotes of young girls doing activity and it is awesome. A lot of the stuff that I do and, and I think one of the real values of the work that I will do with it, within Gallagher is the fact that they do um, a whole, they've just become a partner for Project Rugby which is engaging with people that haven't um, had the opportunity to play or train or be or you know been been part of the sport and there was probably two-thirds boys a, th- a, th- a third girls um at the event at grasshoppers last week when, when i was announced and 
it's really important that yes I'm there as a role model for the girls because they need to know that women can be in these positions they can play the internet the game at the top level but also for for young boys and I think actually if you if most parents look at how their children are the next generation are quite gender neutral um, and it's kind of irrelevant so what we need to do is be changing um, how we see things from a um, the stereotypical person that a person or player that's used as an ambassador or whatever it might be and it's just it's brilliant to be part of the um, the team because yeah it's kind of irrelevant because rugby is just awesome like whoever you are yeah actually that leads on really nicely to something I've been desperate to get into this podcast today uh, BT Sport and DHL are running a competition to send a player an amateur player a grassroots player to Japan I don't know if you've seen this do you reckon I could qualify because I'm I'm amateur and grassroots now <laughs> and I think everyone who's like made the final is like under five foot so yeah, oh, you nearly. Would. <laughs> you um, definitely would <laughs> you and me little scuttler some sort of like little you know, I don't know, scrum half move, oh, you, drop goal, you and I. Let's go out and film it I know you can't see this and I w- we really do need to record these because <laughs> LJ was literally demonstrating with her hands what that move was. And you're so cute. Look how excited you are. Yeah, I just, I love what rugby. Position, what position would you play if you played rugby? Probably hooker. Would you? Yeah, I reckon. I've got no fear of getting my head stuck in. And I reckon I'm you'd small. be ratty as. Yeah. You really get stuck in. Kalina Maloney, who's um, our hooker, she's Irish, obviously, uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> she's been over this season playing for Wasp, and she is mongrel as she's awesome. Do you think I see as I, much as a thoroughbred as I am? I think that's probably where I belong, front row. Ken Owens, Ken Owens, yeah, intelligent bloke. You know, let's you know. I went to uni with Ken Owens. He's brilliant. In fact, he's so lush. So we were over in um, New Zealand and we played uh, the Black Ferns before the Lions played the New Zealand Mountain. It's an amazing um, experience and I'm sure I will rant about the fact that the women need to be before the men rather than afterwards later on. But um, Ken came over and I haven't seen him for years and he he introduced himself. He said, oh, hi, hi, Nolly, it's Ken. And I I was like, I know, Ken. Um, (laughs) You're a test lion, mate. And also, but he just is so like so normal, He's so humble, brilliant, um, and been bossing it in the back row as well for the Scarlets. Yeah, he literally, there's nothing he can't do. He's also really intelligent. He's a um, politics graduate, obviously. He um, was from Uick, though, mind. <laughs> I went to Swansea in glass houses, mate. Um, he is quite funny because a lot of people talk about. Um, when you go on a Lions tour, that the most important thing um, to get hold of is that test jersey. But from by all accounts, all Ken was really bothered about was the blazer. He is determined <laughs> to be that tour manager one day. And it's his first step towards that. He's got the blazer and I don't think he's going to let it go lightly. So yeah, I was going to say the BT Sport DHL trip to Japan, there are four final nominees for it. And one of them is a young girl called Poppy James and her try, I think, is the pick of the bunch. So we want the tryhards to get behind it. There's about 24 hours left to vote on the um, Twitter vote that if you go to the BT Sport Twitter page, you can find. Uh, Poppy beats, I think, like five, six defenders. Try starts in her own 22. Absolute wheels, skills. So let's send her to Japan. Hashtag vote poppy. Uh, International Women's Day last Friday. Um, and on Saturday, it was just International Day. England, Italy, International Rugby. Seamless. In the Southwest. Seamless. 
seen yeah, this. I know, I don't know where I was going. Yeah, I had the privilege of, I'd been up to the Forest of Dean, seeing my friends, Guesty, and I was getting married, so I was at her Hendu. It was carnage, because I took Koya, and there was other dogs there, and they kind of ran the show, but um, ended up staying at Mum's, then she drove me down, taxi driver Sue. Taxi um, Sue. Sue's brother taxis. was in the butt. Suba, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you love that? That's, that, to be fair. That was brilliant. Super. What was a bit, oh God, it was like a classic family day out. So I'm not got my makeup on. So I was in a bit of a rush. Um, Got the dog in the car. Anyway, my brother would literally drop, my mum lives on a lane. And so we're driving down the lane. Mum like goes, breaks a bit hard. My brother spills his coffee, then screams and swears. I'm trying to do my makeup. That smudges. My mum's going, it's all right. So it's like, literally, I was like, and then they were talking, mum put, it was like, I was like, can we just not talk? She put the, so we put the radio on and it was like Radio 4 blasting. And I'm trying to prep for the, by this point, trying to prep um, because I was with the BBC and having to do the reporter job, um, which I've never done before. So Did I you was, get any good advice on that? Um, no, I don't know any good um, <laughs> <laughs> I have always been desperate to have the game down in the southwest and to see three stands well and the fourth one filling up when the girls were singing the anthem um was just incredible and I love it I love the fact that the southwest have absolutely smashed it out the park because there's some awesome stuff happening um within um the southwest and like my club down in Minehead yeah like and that's just a tiny town um so actually yeah, it was super special and the girls put on a performance. Does it show even more um, how big that prospective audience is for women's rugby? Over the course of the weekend, I think we saw record crowds. That's the biggest crowd for a women's rugby match outside of the World Cup in, in 2010. England. In England, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so how much does that tell us about the appetite that is there that exists for it? Um, what was really interesting, and I, I had an older couple sat next to me and they, I mean, they must have been kind of, late 60s early 70s and I said oh have you ever seen not that much older then I said to them have they ever been to a women's game and they said no they said they live locally and they went to the under 20s game and they loved it and right. they and they heard about the fact that the women were playing so they thought they'd come down and the woman was super into it the the guy was like analyzing the game and it was just it was really cool um to see that there was just such a mix of people um fans of the game and i think it's really important to celebrate the record crowd so like it was 10,545 people um but i think it's more the effect that it has in terms of the atmosphere for the players yeah they were all buzzing and they said they couldn't believe how loud it was you know the anthem's been sung back at them from all angles it was just incredible um, but it's the value of what it looks like on TV. Massively. And Absolutely massive. I And that alone sells the game in such a different way. Um, I don't agree with the fact that the um, French game was taken up to Doncaster. I think that they had a great, great crowd up there, but the maximum capacity was 5,000. It wasn't at a ground. And I know Exeter um, haven't got a women's team, but they've got a strong strong university team they've got a lot of players that travel from there to Bristol ladies um yeah so in terms of the relationship with a senior women's side it isn't up there and I just think that the the RFU undersold it I agree with it being moved around the country and I also believe that the game there needs to be at least one game at Twickenham um so 
you know, there's only two home games next year. So one of them will be at Twickenham, I think, is a, is a good shout. Or at, Twick, or at the Twickenham Stoop before the men's game. But it has to be played before the game. It can't be afterwards. It's too cold. You've got you've got an empty in stadium. It just isn't good. It doesn't feel good and as Twickenham's a player. And Twickenham's a cold stadium as well. Yeah, it doesn't feel good as a you know as players. It we've shown that there's an appetite for the sport, and yet you've got people leaving the stadium rather than coming in, and that's just rubbish. Have and they confirmed what order the Barbarians game is going to be played yet? The women's game is beforehand, which is a big statement because. I think that it will prove that test matches can be played in that order. But how much of that is because of the time in the calendar? A, a game, two games on one pitch at the end of May is different to two games on one pitch in February. Is what the groundsman will argue? No, it's nothing about the. It's not about the pitch. Oh, I think there's part of that. I mean, I've been told that it's because the band need to practice. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> do. You know what I mean? Like really. And it's it comes down to t- a lot of it comes down to the TV. So if there's a big injury and the game overruns, then you can't have like the you state, also the ITV have got an hour long build up, so they couldn't have an hour long build up in a studio before the men's game with the women's game going on behind it. And but I don't think I think lots of people go to stadiums early, um, and you know with especially Twickenham, it's such a nightmare to get to yeah, it sometimes. Um, and I don't I don't see a problem with that. You know, I don't see a problem. Or if you've got a no, ticket but to the men's, you get into the stoop. Playing devil's advocate in terms of having it on the Twickenham pitch before the men's, if you've got an, a TV build-up of an hour, they cannot do that whilst there's a game going on behind and they want that build-up time to the men's game. Yeah, I agree, but it's, stuff has to change. And they can't do it every time... Every time it's mentioned, there's always an excuse. And you've got a different angle because you come from TV. Yeah. The groundsman's got a different angle because of their pitch. You know, the, the people organising all of the... Um, uh, what's it called? Hospitality. The, yeah, and the sponsors and the partners. and they. I mean, like, if you are serious about growing the game, you have to put it in an environment where players are thriving, the stadium is filling, um, and it's it's been done. It's been done plenty yeah. of times. It's happening in, in June with the Barbarians. Um, end of story. Should we talk about some actual rugby then? Yeah. And the England <laughs> women's game against Italy at Sandy Park. Today. Yeah, probably a good thing um, instead of me ranting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, England's dominance in the set piece was unbelievable um you know the front row the the starting front row is vicky cornborough lark davies and sarah byrne and um in the second half england had well italy had a five meter scrum and england powered over yeah. their whole scrum center picked it up um beat a couple of defenders popped it to marley on an offload and she scored um and uh, fair play unbelievable like cornborough i think was incredible Berna's getting a lot of um credit and she is awesome yeah um and there was a try earlier on that Berna did and, and I know having spoken to the forwards coach Blaze he, he'd said that they you know obviously identified um that the the Italian scrum half st- um defends in the channel at line out so they basically put Berna down there yeah um so you <laughs> flatten like, her yeah it's like David and Goliath um and she scores from a set piece now that's good analysis by the coaches and it's good execution from the girls um every time Berna gets a ball she steps somewhere she bowls her way through yeah chucking out offloads and all sorts however I I also want to say that Vicky Cornborough had an outstanding game um she 
carries the ball hard. She does the does the basics well that you want from a front rower. Um, but at the same time, as I say, set piece was was brilliant. The thing with England at the moment is um, I'm sick of reading column inches about the fact that the girls are all professionals because let's face it, it's been since the start of the year that it, to some extent, Middleton's got a team who are enjoying a real purple patch of form in in those forwards. You've got lots of players who are playing very, very well. It's not all to do with rest and recovery. You've got world-class players who are playing their best rugby at the moment. Yeah, they are. They're playing really well. They're all chomping at the bit. There's a lot of competition for places um, and they're, they're playing an exciting brand of rugby. Um, it's interesting, actually, because I think that the girls will be annoyed with themselves. Um, there was a lot of unforced errors. Um, I think... Could that be attributed to the Italians' line speed and defence? They did push it. They were pushing and pushing and yeah. pushing that offside. They gave away a couple of penalties, but clearly they went in with the mindset of we've got to get off the line and shut it down. Um, and there was drop passes, um, like balls lost in contact, that are very uncharacteristic for England. Um, so I'm sure that they'll be looking at that. Just on that, do you think that Italy are going to challenge France next weekend? Yeah, I think so. I think that if they'd scored early against England, as I say, it would have been a very different scoreline yeah. they had early injuries as well didn't they which didn't help their yeah cause. the loose head went down and went off um I, I think that they're playing some really good rugby they deserve to be second in the championship um going into the game um because france hadn't really played well until um it patches against ireland yeah um so i think yeah and going back to Italy I haven't spoken to a couple of the players they're super excited about that they're building crowds yeah. there's a good atmosphere having played over there myself last year in the um, Italy England fixture they love it um, and they really thrive on that so I think it'd be a good game um. Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, so the England women did well um England men did well as well we quick word on that we're gonna kind of weight these 70% women 30% men's for the England game we've decided or probably 90 10 at this point uh we want to have a quick word on Joe Cockner Singer pretty special oh he's brilliant in attack yeah I think he's brilliant um the way he holds the ball I I actually don't even think I can hold a tennis ball like that <laughs> with my little hands <laughs> um, fingers. it wasn't just power play by him it was the step in it was yeah. the manipulation and attack it was the lines he was running he got one he went up for a high ball caught it landed within one step and offloaded out the back door to yeah. whoever the supporting player was and like it's just awesome um he does make me feel very uncomfortable though the way he carries with one hand I don't he? enjoy it yeah and like I'm not an England fan if I was I'd why don't you it's like an ash splash kind of thing if, oh, okay. if you're Fijian, you're allowed to do it. Well, he is, isn't he? Yeah, That's his heritage. Well, no, he's English. <laughs> well, he plays for England. I think his heritage is Fiji. But it doesn't count. Unless okay. you are playing for Fiji. Unless you In are Nakarawa. Yeah, okay. unless you're Nakarawa, you're not allowed to do it. And it just oh, okay. makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, I think, to be fair, his attack was unbelievable. Um, the, a couple of tries that Italy got were down his wing. And there was a some defensive errors and defensive reads. Now... Uh, 
I must admit I did switch off a little bit after 35 minutes because the game had had gone and I was pretty tired from doing my reporting. Yeah, did I mention that? (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, there was a couple of where like he overchased or came in, I think it was, and and didn't quite get his connection. Um, But that is also um, attributed to the defender inside him. Was their communication coming? And it's stuff that he can work on um, because that is the part of the game that I'm sure teams will look at and try and Who do you think England's beat. World Cup back three are? Who would you have? I would say um, Johnny May, Jack Knoll and Elliot Daly at the back. Okay. Um, I would I would have, 100%, I would have Mike Brown in the World Cup squad. Um, it hasn't been... It hasn't been back to this um, Six Nations Championships, but I think as a, a squad player, his determination and dedication to the cause is is so apparent. He's on great form for Harlequins um, and has just gone back to business and obviously going to be devastated he's not involved. Um, but that's the type of person you need in your World Cup squad. I think Joe Thokken, a singer, is, uh, is something special. Uh, but... Jack Knoll is so consistent yeah. um, and such a, I, he's such a, like, a wrecking ball in attack, um, like loving a pick and go. I'm not quite sure why, why he does that. <laughs> I would be staying well clear, um, as I always did and still do. Um, but it's defence and it is like that. So who would you really have consistent. on the bench? Would you have a cock and a thinger or would you have Ashton? Cock and a singer. I, I think Ashton is a good player. Um, but for me, I think... Um, Thokken a singer adds more um, spice and X factor in attack and both of them are you know the defensive side for them isn't great so I would go with, with him fair over the course of that chat I think we've pronounced Thokken a singer seven different ways so let's move on to <laughs> Ireland France the men's game first of all um, I actually went over to Belfast last week to interview Stephen Ferris and we uh, talked in great length about the Irish halfbacks and how if they're not clicking, then Ireland aren't ticking. And that was kind of your analysis of the game on the weekend, isn't it? Um, yes and no. So I kind of, that was my analysis pre-tournament and also okay. post-England um, when they'd lost. I think it's really interesting because the first half, um, we find everything interesting. We both say so that. Interesting. So interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Conor Murray didn't have the best of starts. Um, so I think he picked a wrong pass, which went to floor, um, dropped a ball, um, got penalised for um, getting his arm in the way, like lots of different things. And you could see it was frustrating him. Yeah. Whereas in contrast, Johnny Sexton kicked off well. Um, the French kicked back. And I think that that was when we saw um, Lama kick to the corner. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really good attacking position. They had a penalty advantage. Johnny Sexton puts in this nudge. It's crossfield. It doesn't quite get caught by Earls, but it was on the money. Yeah. Um, and then defensively, you know, you could see him getting stuck in and then he started to play at the line. And in Joe Schmidt's um, interview pre-match, he was saying about um, Ireland needing to start really well. And there was a lot of discussion around and um, with Johnny Wilkinson saying... Um, how the influence of Johnny Sexton and that and it was just it was fascinating because because of the discussion it made me look at how exactly he started and how Uh he played and the influence and how he was just you could see the confidence and the the player that we all know Johnny Sexton can be flourished pretty much straight away whereas 
the errors that we've seen in both of their games over the course of the last couple of games, you could see were happening in Conor Murray's because of the frustration of maybe not starting that well. Um, but yeah, I think, to be honest, um, they'll probably be disappointed with the scoreline, especially to start yeah. off with. And, and credit to the French defence. Um, but there was some crazy stat that after, I don't know, 30 minutes... Ireland had been in France's 22, 50% of the time. Really? 52%, yeah. Um, but they were only 7 nil, which, you know... You want to make got... every visit count. You want to make every visit equal points. Yeah, and, well, they went, to, like, normally... Um, so when I played internationally, we, we talked about leaving the 22 points. Um, and so every time you go in, like, you either leave with a try or with a penalty, or obviously a drop goal. Um, but they did get quite a few penalties and they kept kicking to the corner and that's how their first try came from mm-hmm. a, like a catch and drive. Um, but yeah, that that's something they've got to look at because if you look at Scotland and the amount of ball they had in the second half against Wales and Wales' defence in terms of yeah. like getting them, not letting them cross the line, I'm sure, I mean, to be fair, I'm sure that Ireland will play the game differently against Wales and they will kick those points and not necessarily kick to the corner. Yeah. So... Do you think that Ireland are getting back to their form of last year or do you think they're still some way off the Ireland that, you know, took the Grand Slam in last year's Six Nations and beat New Zealand? I think we saw glimpses of far, far better play. I think what they did do well was um, vary their game. You know, the the try that Sexton took, that was a really poor defensive read. Um, Huge steps in, um, which he needs to hold his channel there. Um, but Ramos, if one, if, you're, if your inside defender steps in and goes for the hit, the outside defender has to come in and he just hangs out on the wing. And, and Sexton's like, la, la, la. Yeah. Um, like the Red Sea running through it. Um, but what I really liked and I'm like really super keen on is as a backline, um, when you've got starter plays and that type of thing is pairing your plays so you'll you'll have one play one of the options might be to hit in and then you go wide and then you've got the same move but it's instead of hitting in so you condition the defense basically right so uh, and then you go wide so anyway what Ireland did really well for their third try was that they'd been hammering the front line so front line front line front line hadn't really kicked that much um and committed the backfield defenders from France into the front line because they're running the ball yeah you saw them score. They got a penalty off the restart and um, straight away Sexton went to the air and it was caught by Ring Rose and he scored um, from the big bomb, which people kind of say, well, is he recognised the space? Well, he's manipulated that space right. because he's attacked the front line for so long. Um, and in contrast, you had relatively poor decision-making from the young halfback pairing um, with the French. Now, yeah. Dupont and Entomac are class. Like, they're brilliant. And against Scotland on a dry day, sunshine, front football, awesome to yeah. watch. And everyone's raving. And I'd said, you know, Dupont was the nine of the weekend. However, you did see their naivety um, and some of their decisions. So if you've got, a, like, they have, a, they had a, uh, a line on the 22. And they do three passes before there's any strike play. So it comes off the top, then it's a play away. Now, in that area of the field, Ireland are only ever going to get off the line hard because there's no space behind them. Yeah. But they've got, obviously, the try line and the try zone, but they're just going to get hot, come up hard. Because of that defensive pressure, the ball's slippy, it's raining, all that type of stuff, um, the, the French team butcher it. 
Now, that isn't a, that is not a good decision to be making a play like that against a hard, aggressive, physical Irish defensive yeah. line in the rain. In contrast, Ireland do pretty much the next line out they've got on the halfway line. So there's a lot of defensive space behind the French. They've been punished in the backfield, which means you can't get too much line speed on um, because your edge defender has to hold slightly um, to cover the kick option. And Ireland come off the top, they shift it, shift it, go out the back, out the back. And then I think Earls puts a kick through and then Tomac gets has to put it down. No, um, sorry, Dupont puts it down in the try line or behind the try line. So it's a five meter scrum to yeah. Ireland. Now, that's super intelligent play because although it's in the rain, you don't have the defensive pressure that you've got because of the area of the field. So I think in terms of Ireland, you're seeing the the experience and the decision-making from Sexton coming back because he's playing with that confidence. Yeah. They haven't quite clicked, but yet they've shown run, kick, pass that I think are really going to threaten Wales. Wales won't have the naivety of the French defence, though. No, they won't. Um, and actually, just in terms of rounding up for that game, I think France need to not be disheartened by that performance. They'll be frustrated by it, but the coaches cannot change those. T- like these, are the learnings you need to give young players. And as long as the coaches analyse the game properly, give feedback, and they understand where they went wrong, that's brilliant for them moving into the World Cup. And then, well, probably not just this World Cup, but the next one as yeah. well. So let's have a quick word on the women's game uh, from that fixture. Um, Ireland losing at home. They don't look good, do they? It's It's been a really disappointing tournament for them. Um, yeah, it's interesting because that game, they're actually in it. So yeah. 32... But they have been other games as well. Yeah, but 32 minutes on the board and it was 12-14. Yeah. And they then went in at half time twelve twenty eight from two pretty mediocre tries um from France. Now France did click together um and Bougeard had a good game. Um although breaks me. Um she made an awesome line break, stepped, had the ball in the wrong hand. Oh my god, just transfer it and fend. I don't oh. understand it. You're an international outside back. She gets caught, I think Considine like whips back from her wing, catches it, great offload and winger scores. Um, but yeah, that little bit of detail really frustrates me. Anyway, um, I think Ireland showed far more glimpses of what they're about. Um, but Malloy at the end alluded to, in our interview, alluded to just poor discipline. Let's finish up with um, Scotland-Wales. Scotland-Wales. The Grand Slam is on. It is. And I... Um, I'm really pleased with the Red Roses. <laughs> Every time. Too Every easy. Time. Never gets uh, old. Um, I actually only saw uh, the second half of the men's game because I was working. It, um, um, do you know what? It's another grim and old cliche, but massive game of two halves. Wales. Oh, attacking. God, please. But, you know, I think one of the big things for Wales is that they showed um, the two sides of their game and how there's kind of equal strength there. Um, first half Wales attacking prowess second half Wales defence and defensively they were very impressive they were but come on 
Scotland are a really good attacking side. Yeah. They had two nines, two tens on the field. Yeah. <laughs> was the case of sixes and sevens, more nines and tens. But I've actually, played in, I've actually played in a test match where there was three scrum halves on the field. So back in my day, I was a nine. Um, and we were playing South Africa, first ever test match that they'd played. Oh, wow. And um, we played them in the A's and I'd captain the A's and then got the call up because there'd been a couple of injuries with the seniors, which was super cool. Um, and um, yeah, Susie Appleby started at nine yeah um she then went to 10 and amy turner went to scrum half and i came on on the wing and in one breakdown i think amy had carried i didn't <laughs> want to go into the breakdown so Susie was like who's super fit and always like like as the scrum half was the first there and i was like no you can go in so she cleared out and i made the pass so yeah it's wow. good times Three we won nines. the game over 100 points it was good it was to be fair it was actually really cool to play against south africa um like in their first game like that's pretty historic moment Just, anyway you've got to feel sorry for them with three nines chirps and away on the pitch for it <laughs> yeah probably ruin the day for a number of players there <laughs> back anyway. to wales scotland though uh so wales men uh wales. wales did the business over scotland um i actually did get a little bit touchy at the tail end of last week but scotland are just so injury ravaged that ravaged ravaged yeah they it is a shame um because they're such an exciting team. Yeah. I, I think Stuart Hogg is class. We spoke about him before. Um, and him being out injured is is such a loss yeah. for them. Um, but having Finn Russell back, obviously... He is class, know, isn't he? Yeah, he is good. I didn't realise how young he was. Oh, he's super young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. it was a shame for them. Um, and I'm sure disappointing. But, you know, Wales, hold on. And I think next week... I Well... It's not next week. It's this week. It Gosh, this week. I keep getting used to fallow weeks. <laughs> there are no more fallow weeks. Um, it's what, so what hard to what call. call. Well, I want you to call it. You're going to have to call it for match point. Oh, I've got to wait till the teams come out. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what you you do, say? because then I'm making a judgment on the people that are going to be on the field. Not just the emotion of, oh, it's Wales, so they're going to win. Uh. I don't think that's how I was going to judge it. My yeah, friend. you are. Um, um, but yeah, it's Wales, and they're going to win. <laughs> uh, There's a part of me that doesn't want Wales to win the Grand Slam. Oh my god! And I will tell you for why. You've literally, ju- like, you've broken the hearts of a nation. Now, you are Miss Wales, and you've yet not supported your team. I'm no, work- I don't think you should speak anymore. I'm working on Sunday, which means I can't get on the Grand Slam beers on Saturday, and the FOMO means that I'm like. A draw. <laughs> a draw. So your FOMO... And Scotland beating England is the ideal situation for me here. Your FOMO... So you're putting yourself before your nation. Yeah. <laughs> of course I That's am. That's a really good selling point for any guys out there that um, think that, you know, you're not just a lovely person, attractive woman, very selfish. Very selfish. Not, you're not a selfish person. That's I, not am, sel- no. I am when it comes to Grand Slam Saturday and getting on the sesh uh, <laughs> let's have a chat about wales women who went to pulled it out the bag and pulled it out the bag yeah um good test match uh it was always going to be a tight like a ca- encounter um i thought with scotland scoring relatively early that they were they were going to do it um but it was kind of two in and fro and two yeah. in and fro do you know what i watched the first half in um belfast international airport one of the worst airports I've ever been to in my life. Um, and obviously Wales had the wind in the first half and Scotland had scored early. I got on the plane at half time thinking, 
this is only going one way. I'm going to get off to a Wales loss. Disappointing. Got off the plane. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe my eyes when I checked the Ultimate Rugby app. <laughs> to be fair, they, I, I, I think, yeah. So it, it was. They were drawing fifteen all with a try from Lily Crap at the end, and I, I think out of everybody, she needed to score that try. Yeah. She's been the heartbeat of the side this championships. Um, and interestingly, she's an incredible leader, Shuan. And I think it's really interesting to. I've I've said before, I think on the podcast, her comments after the Italy game um, about the um, comments they had from fans and people who were ill-informed and people who said it was a bad result and stuff. And like she said, people don't know what they're talking about. And and she really took it to heart. And actually, I think sometimes that's what you need. You need things to actually really hurt you and, and wound you. And then it builds a bit more passion to that side. You know, the, the Wales girls are always being told, oh, well, England are professional and this team have got more resource and stuff like that. So actually now having a bit of bite to them. And I think they went up to Scotstone thinking, no, we are going to have this game. And they did. Yeah. And, and actually scoring two tries against the English you could see what it meant to them when they, they celebrated at the and I I love that yeah. I love the power of the underdog and I think maybe where Ireland men are struggling is they don't have that title anymore yeah um, they're not the ones that you know are are the the, the smaller nation they're yeah. the ones that are there to be shot down um, especially within the championships do you know what's interesting as well I remember you said to me last week when we were talking about those well when we did the pod and that didn't record yeah all right oh, what that time uh, so what for those for those of you at home who missed it. Um, the only people who heard that were Nolly and I and uh, all the clothes in my living room. Um, yeah, the jumble sale. The jumble I have sale. never, ever experienced anything like it. I thought a Primark sale was bad. I mean, Jesus. Gosh. All right, I've got a lot of clothes. I've got a lot and of you've clothes. You've got a whole cupboard dedicated to shoes. And yeah. you pointed out a pair of shoes that you didn't even know that you had, that you'd forgotten you'd had. All right. Well, I remember them now. Anyway. Anyway. Um, you said to me it's important for teams to celebrate their victories. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean getting the W from the game and the two Wales tries against England were victories that they celebrated and, and you agreed with that, whereas some people look at that as um, having low standards for things. But if you've got a huge disparity between... And I think <coughs> you see it within um, all levels of the game and in particular in the women's game, at international in the Six Nations, you know there comes a point where you can't compete with the the huge scoreline you know England and France are putting 40 odd points on every team so therefore like that's not going to be a a cue in terms of how you've performed as a team Mm -hmm. Um, and you've got to you've got to look at what is success what does it look like for you um, as a team as a player as a unit um, and then make sure that you're you're focusing on that and not just focusing on being beaten by loads of points because that's not good for anybody. Yeah. Um, it's not encouraging. It's not, um, it's not healthy. And actually, uh, yeah, I love the fact that they celebrated that. I love the fact that they um, celebrated the fact that they held England out for a long, a long period of time, which meant about the defensive efforts and the pride that, they wore in their shirt and you could see that and you could see what it meant to them to beat um, Scotland and they will be Scotland girls will be bitterly disappointed because they put together some awesome stuff yeah. Rolly's try was brilliant although there was a three-on-one and she took the contact I mean 
I don't, this is things that we need to be working on. And this is like with players, it is inexcusable to not hit a two on one. Yeah. It is like, you cannot butcher a three on one. Yeah. And we are seeing it in the men's and the women's game. Anyway, another rant over. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'd like to give a shout out to um, Sarah Bonner who scored off a, uh, there's a catch and drive and then she scooted around um, the blind side. Um, so I actually, well, I didn't coach her, but I worked a little bit with her at Hartbury College. And um, she was there as an international rower. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's very late to rugby. She only started when she was at uni. And um, was that a talent ID or rowing didn't work out for her or what? Um, no, she was she was very successful in rowing. She was part of the uh, GB training squad and stuff like that. Um, I don't know whether she represented them. I can't, there's, there's different age groups I think it's under tw- up to under 23s um, but she struggled with a bit of injury struggled with motivation um, we had a chat when we were at Harp- I was at Hartbury with kind of my athlete hat on as much as my coaching hat on yeah. about what she wanted to do and, and, and why she was demotivated and she struggled I mean rowing training oh my god yeah grim it is brutal it's like it's about 15 hours of the day on a what bike do you I, know, I remember when I my mum and dad used to live by um, Steve Redgrave when I was a baby, oh, I know, name drop. Sir Steve. And my mum always talks about he would do this drill. They lived on a hill, really steep hill, and he'd cycle to the top of it, but so that he wasn't expending energy, they'd drive him back down and make him cycle to the top again so that he was, there was no kind of energy waste or anything. Well, there was wasted energy in the fuel. Yeah, it's all right. good for the ozone, is it? We're talking about the late 80s here, love. <laughs> There's no I, I had this, like, then. A, a vision of um, Flintstones car. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she decided. Like, I I bumped into her at a training camp, um, for I think it was for the World Cup in 2014, and um, she said, you know, she wasn't that happy, and a couple of people had mentioned rugby, and I was like, you know, you should just give it a go, and kind of, I think maybe I was the final push that yeah. someone else would had spoken to her about it, and yeah, she got involved at Loughborough and and loved it and now she's one of the professional players uh, for Scotland is performing really well um that's probably one of the biggest brilliant. disappointments for Scotland in this six nations they've um they're using their resource really cleverly with their women's pro contracts in that they can't fund a pro league or a full team but they've awarded contracts and then those girls are playing in England and France and they have had a really disappointing championship yeah but you know one of the the biggest talisman for their side is Jay Conkle and she was out injured for the yeah. first couple of rounds she had a big performance against Wales and you can't base a game around one player but she's such a huge part of what yeah. they do um, and really leads from the front she's unbelievably strong and powerful she'll be big for Quinns in these last few weeks of the season now in yeah the like she makes a difference for any team that she plays she played over in France and, and you know performed really well over there so I think they'll be pleased I think they backline performed better against Wales than they have done all championships. Uh-huh. Um, and again, they've got to take the success in the things that that they've done well um, and keep trying to move forward. How how are they going to lift their heads up now for this last week? Because they've got their toughest game last um, off the back of four losses. It's a difficult one. Uh, yeah. I think to come down and face England, I think you've got to just embrace the occasion, embrace the opportunity to play at Twickenham, um, and and focus on themselves. Yeah. Don't get too bogged down with England, what they're going to do, and be brave. I think 
the one thing I know about a number of the Scottish girls that I know is that they are brave. They'll take it to England. And yeah, if they score, they score. But have pride in the jersey for 80 minutes and make your tackles and do the things that you can control rather than, you know, the, the barrage that they're going to face with England. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's going to be such a hard fixture for them, but at the same time, they can definitely take positives from it um, and how they how they do that and what they focus on, I suppose it's going to be down to their coaching staff and also their, their leaders within the team. So let's have a quick prediction hit then. So England, Scotland women, I think it's a safe bet that England will win that one. England, Scotland men, Calcutta Cup. The trophy is on its way back from Scotland as we speak. England on Instagram. England, all right. Uh, France, Italy. Do you know what the France, Italy... Oh, it's Italy, France, isn't Italy, it? Well, all right, Italy, France. Oh, get it right. What do they play for? What's the trophy called? It's a type of biscuit. Um, Bourbon. It's the Garibaldi Cup. Oh, it's close. Garibaldi Trophy. Yeah. Is it? It is. Uh, all right, so Fra- Italy, France, men. Mmm... Italy. Oh, stop it. All right, Italy, France, women. France, but I think Italy will give them a good good run in. I'm excited for that one. Um, And it's actually on a Sunday. So all the games, like, yeah, Super Saturday and then... Super Sunday. Yeah, they're the last game. Uh, Wales, Ireland, women, Sunday, Cardiff Arms Park. Holly Davison, friend of the pod, referee in that one. Um, Nice. Um, I would say... Oh god, that's a really tough one. Mm, it that's is, like isn't the, it? that's like the men's, but in a different way. Um, again, Ireland haven't performed really this championships like their men. They're kind of building patches against France. Wales are improving game on game. Aren't yeah, they? Um, I'm gonna say Ireland women. Okay, um, I think they've got they'll have an edge on them, and they'll 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 go toe to toe physically with the Welsh. And finally, the Grand Slam decider in Cardiff, Wales, Ireland. This is so brutal. I genuinely don't know because I haven't seen the teams. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say Ireland. Sorry. I just feel like you've done that just for like No, I genuinely haven't. I'm actually being... No, I'm not showing off. I'm not being mean. Um, I, I think that... They have shown a different... Oh, Koya's just woken up. She agrees with me. Um, She's a fox red Labrador. She's red for Wales. She actually came from the Forest of Dean. Is that is that Wales? It's that close. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my grandfather... Is that like being from Cardiff? My grandfather close. used to tell my grandmother that she wasn't Welsh because her grandparents were from the Forest of Dean. Bearing in mind that Shirley was born and bred in Caerphilly. You're not really Welsh anyway, Shirley, because you're from the Forest of Dean. My grandparents are Welsh. You, you, you've mentioned this on every podcast so far. I'm just trying to be inclusive for you. Don't you yeah. feel like you're like Sean as you're uh, in uh, in England? Actually, to be fair, the train journey home was quite entertaining. Um, so it was on a Saturday evening. So we did that one really early, um, and there was I think about 15 minutes of um, a guy from Cardiff had a phone call from his wife and I'm not quite sure what she was doing because I could hear her like you know you can hear that like twittering and yeah and um he said oh no love um it's ceiling paint not ceiling paint and 15 minutes later he'd gone through 
where it was in the house it was in the garage behind the red door but in front of the other tins of paint and it wasn't ceiling paint which actually I don't think you can get well, you can get ceiling paint, like as in what the are you, ceiling. Ceiling with a C or an S? Um, both. This is the confusing bit. And she was yeah, but you're very confused. confusing me. Because <laughs> I don't know which one you don't Welsh think woman. you can get. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wish I'd recorded it because it was absolutely brilliant. Pointless conversation. I just had that for hours with you and it continued oh, on the train. <laughs> well, on that note, let's finish this pointless conversation. And we will be back next Monday when we'll be celebrating a Wales Grand Slam. Adios. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.